We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Northeast Men's Health with the fourth location now opening in Woburn with office hours opening as soon as 7 a.m. Visit northeastmenshealth.com. This is It's Arcand and Don Darrow on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Sports Radio WEEI. It's Christian Arcand. It's Mark Don Darrow here in the 3 o'clock hour as we wait for uh, Mac Jones to chime in. We'll hear from him uh, momentarily here. Uh, looking forward to talking to Mac. Same. Seeing where uh, he is after all this yeah. and a uh, day to think about it, too. Usually we get him the day after the game. He gives a little bit more time for some clarity there after a pretty, you know, it's a type of game where at the end of it, and you remember, and I'll, we'll ask him about it, he seemed proud of his guys. You know, afterwards he was like, you know, I'm proud of the way we all fought and I'm proud of the way this all went. And even though they lost the game, it seemed like uh, it wasn't it wasn't a devastating loss. You know, like it didn't seem like the the team felt like they were completely uh, ruined. Correct. Yeah, there were still some positive feelings there. It so, like. the, you know, there are no moral victories in week 16 or whatever, especially right. with the playoffs on the line and this and that. But, and I'm not throwing flowers at the Patriots, I'm just pointing out a fact. With the way that game started, <clears throat> they could have easily folded the tents, closed up shop, definitely, and that could have been a blowout and an embarrassing, you know, I was, I, like was I was folding up the tent. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm done with this. They didn't do that. <laughs> I almost shut it off. They didn't do that. Yeah. So I'm just saying, again, you can't have moral victories at this stage of the game, especially when you have a chance to take a home game and, and you know, beat a good team and all those things. They could have given up, especially at halftime. They could have given up freaking before the game. Yeah. And that's what it looked like was going on, honestly. They could have given up at halftime. They could have just gotten blown out. They fought. They did come back. Those are the facts. That's what happened. So it's better than, I guess, the alternative. Yeah, it's better than the alternative. They made that into a winnable game. They did? That was a win. They were in control. They didn't have the lead, but they were in control of the ball, very close to their own end zone with time ticking off the clock. And, uh, you know, another screw up there at the end of the game, which, you know, that's how we sort of opened the show, talking about these mental errors. But that wasn't on Mac. You know, that certainly wasn't on Mac Jones, that fumble. I don't think that the lateral play in the week prior was on Mac Jones either. And while he gets most of the blame for, you know, these losses when he has a bad game, these games came down to key moments. And he wasn't really the factor in those moments. You know what I mean? No, like, he wasn't yeah. the one. He didn't fumble. He didn't do those laterals. Right. That wasn't him. Like, he was there for it. And sure, he got flattened by Chandler he, Jones. He wasn't but like, special. But yeah. He, he wasn't the guy that, yes. He's not the one. You put the ball in his hands in that game. And it seemed like he was doing the right thing. It seemed like the offense was going in the right direction. And I have to assume that's why he felt the way he felt about it afterwards. We'll ask him about it as soon as we hey, hear can from him. Can I just him. ask a quick question while we're waiting for Mac? Yes. You've been around long enough. You've covered this team long enough. You've watched this team long enough. Which team, obviously, there's a lot of frustration associated with this season. Right. Which season frustrated you more when you think about it in terms of subpar Patriots teams? This year, 
or 2009? Because I feel like 09, that was the year Belichick, I just can't get him to right. play. It was the, you know, they were 10 and 6, got blown out by the Ravens. In I the was at that game. You were at that game. And you know what? I won tickets. You won <laughs> from, tickets? Yeah, I won tickets to that game. And uh, me and my brother sat there and froze our ass off. Yep. Ray Rice scored that 80-yard touchdown run in the first play from scrimmage. And we sat there and watched, you know, Edelman and <laughs> against just, Joe Flacco and like, Willis McGahee. I'm trying to decide. Oh, yeah, Willis McGahee. Yeah, I'm trying to team. decide, like, which, you know, I guess I'm looking for some hope somewhere. It doesn't feel like this team is that team. It feels well, like no, this that team, team made the playoffs. That's true. Right? Like, they made the that playoff. was a playoff team. They, they didn't the, do much, but they, they were made hopeless, it. though. I mean, yeah. Brady, th- that was, yeah, they had Brady and they had Edelman, or they had Welker and Moss, right? Edelman was on the bench. But it was like that team was disconnected. They didn't play hard. I feel like they rolled over at times. Um, it, you felt like the heart wasn't there. This team, I don't feel that way. Like, I don't feel like their heart's not in it or that hmm. they're not playing hard or that their head's in the, you know, I just feel like they, they're not good enough execution wise. Yeah. There's a difference. So I don't know what's better. That was a down um, year for Brady in those in those Patriots. That was a down year the for defense them. Defense wasn't good. They the, went ten and six. You know, they were still first in the AFC East, but like they were a ten and six team and yeah, they, they kinda got they got picked off in that. And that wasn't listen, the next year they got picked off by the Jets. Like that was a time in the in the you know in the Bill Brady dynasty where things weren't great. Well the defense you know? sucked, but you know it was the big game changer obviously. They got weapons. Right. You know they those you know Welker and 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 Moss were sort of like they had their time here and it sort of ran its course a little bit and then you get Gronk and you get Hernandez and everything changed obviously. yeah and they bring back Dion Branch and everything changed um, that's something that this team will have to eventually do we'll have time to talk about that but I, I I don't know if I was trying to talk myself into having some hope or generating some hope because they, like this was a hearty effort again yeah. it doesn't matter you lost and hearty efforts don't count at this point but. I, I think you'd be more dead if you if you were just checked out and tapped out. They're not. They don't feel tapped out. You just got to find a way to not run into each other when you're on third down. I know, or not fumble the ball at the end of the game. Yeah. By the way, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, he's a second year player and he's becoming a very important part of this offense. Not to mention, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you play those daily fantasy games. Stevenson's one of the highest priced uh, running backs. In the whole league. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's right. You know, he's up there. He's like 7,000. He's up there with uh, with Saquon Barkley and, you know, the, the best running backs in the league. And uh, this is two straight games now where you just sort of wonder, like, what's going on with that guy at the end of these games? You know, is he trying too hard to make a play? Well, I don't. should we second-guess him? Bill Belichick isn't second-guessing him. I, I Look, they, they, could, did it for, they did it last year. Remember, he barely got on the field last that's year. That's true. I, I just think I, I'm not, that play, sh- people were saying it could have been in a progress Whatever. I, I don't think they should have blown that one dead. It looked like he was still moving his feet. It looked like he could have maybe bounced outside. Oh, yeah. We haven't even brought, brought that up yet. The guy made a decent play, and that's what it was. All right. Joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline, Mac Jones, who's brought to us by Arbella Insurance here for New England, here for good by Mass General Cancer Center and by Northeast Men's Health, the leader in men's sexual health. Mac Jones here on the, uh, once again, the Harbor One Hotline. Mac, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Doing Merry fine. Uh, Merry Christmas to you too, Mac. Merry Christmas, Mac. Um, after the game, Mac, you said you were proud of your guys for fighting, getting back into that game. Uh, what went into that comeback, and what adjustments did you guys make after that really tough first half? Yeah, I think I'm um, obviously disappointed with the start of the game in the first half, but definitely fought hard, and offensive line did a great job. Skill guys, running backs, tied in. So definitely did a good job there. Um, wanted a different result, but at the end of the day, we were in a position to win, and um, we just got to capitalize on that part. So definitely a learning experience as always, but tough way to lose. But we got to turn the page and get ready to keep fighting. 
Mac, before we get back into the game, I just got to ask, obviously, you know, Christmas Eve afternoon after the game, a tough, emotional NFL game, heartbreaking loss. How do you go from that to a few hours later, I don't know, trying to enjoy Christmas Eve and having a conversation with your wife's Aunt Maureen? Yeah, I think um, obviously the game is the game, right? And regardless of if you win or lose, you just want to kind of have that 24-hour rule. But, you know, with Christmas and stuff, you want to just enjoy the family and try not to think about it. And that's all you can do because you want to enjoy your family um, while they're here and all that. So I know it's hard to do after a loss, but um, definitely got a chance to do that. And, then, you know, as the holidays are coming to an end here, we just continue on and, and play play our game and learn from the game and um, practice and do all the things we normally do on a normal week. So I'm kind of just getting back into that routine. Matt, got to ask you about the uh, the incomplete pass. It looked like a fumble at the beginning there and your hit on uh, Eli Apple. I know you're getting a lot of heat for it. Uh, maybe even some uh, discipline from the league. What were you trying to do on that play? What was it like from your perspective there? Yeah, I think um, obviously, you know, I went down in front of him to kind of get in the way to stop him from slowing down Taekwon, who obviously could make the tackle there. So just kind of went down in front of him and um, trying to stop a fast guy from getting to another fast guy. So just split second decision, and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you're out there trying to compete and it's a physical game, so just trying to help the team win and um, have all the respect for Eli and the Bengals. They played a great game. So um, there's no hard feelings and definitely no intention to hurt anybody on that play, um, nor do I believe that when I'm playing quarterback, that's what you know, I get hit a lot too. So we're all out there playing playing hard, and um, it's just part of the game. Did you know the play had been was dead? What do you say? Did you know that the play had been whistled down? Oh, no. Um, honestly, just was playing the play and, Saw Taekwon running, and we were running to get him. And at that point, you got to play the play, play it all the way through because you don't know what's happening. You know they're going to review it; they're not going to review it. So, just had to play it through and try and make the the right play and um, slow everything down. Um, Mac, Coach Belichick was asked why Kendrick Bourne hasn't played, I guess, a higher percentage of some of the snaps this season, and he answered, "quote No particular reason." So I'm wondering. What reason has he given you personally as to why Kendrick Bourne hasn't been more involved in some of the snaps, snaps and some of the plays, especially when you consider it looks like good things happen when he's out there? Yeah, I think Kendrick um, does a great job. I mean, KB's one of my close friends, and um, he comes to work every day positive, and I know he wants to improve as a player every week, and he's done that this year. I've gotten better each week, so love Kendrick, and um, obviously wanna, when he's in there, want to get him the ball, and let him run with it. He's explosive. Um, he brings great energy to not only practice, but the games and the huddle, all that stuff. So um, we have great skill guys. A lot of those guys are fighting every every day, fighting that practice to get better. And that's the best thing that you can do is just work, 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 and then let the game day speak for itself. And just a quick follow to that. I know you've mentioned multiple times how close you are with Kendrick Bourne. Has it ever gotten to the point where you have personally gone in and lobbied to Bill Belichick or Matt Patricia to get him on the field with you more? I think you know every game's different, and you want to get your best guys out there. And I definitely think Kendrick's uh, a great player on our team. So, whatever the game plan is, we just try and get the best guys out there. And each guy has their plays to be made. And as a quarterback, just really just focus on myself and try and do the best thing for the team and complete the passes to the open guys. And if I got to hand it off to our really good running backs and do that. So it's kind of a simple game. You just got to keep it that way. And um, we got great skill guys. So. We're talking with Mac Jones here in the Harbor One Hotline. Mac, this is a play that I wanted to ask you about. It was the second drive of the game, third down. I think it was your first pass attempt. 
and it looked like you were trying to throw a screen and that all three wide receivers were blocking, so you sort of just threw it to Stevenson's feet. What happened? What did you see on that play? Was that a miscommunication, or was it a fake? Like, what was it? Yeah, just a little bit of a miscommunication. Um, things that we kind of talk through and um, want to get fixed, but as a quarterback, we just got to make sure everyone's on the same page. Um, and we want to execute all of our plays, whether it's third down, red zone, first and second down. So, obviously, didn't do a good job there. Um, and we got to be better, so got to learn from it. You know, obviously the comeback was was noteworthy, one of the better teams in the league. I'm just curious, Mac, if there was one thing about your current offense's identity that you could flip on its head and change tomorrow, what would that one thing be? Um, I mean, I think really just focus on ourselves. I think when you look at really good plays we have, we, we look like a really good offense. And then the plays that we're not doing so good on, we don't look too good. So just trying to find the consistency and that comes in practice, that comes in – the walkthroughs, film study, you know, it's an individual effort to try and get the collective to work together. So everyone's got to be on the same page and um, we're all in it together. So we're, we're in a good spot here. Just got to keep fighting, um, really just keep working every day. Yeah, I know you guys were fighting. You were fighting through a lot. Obviously, there was the, the Bailey Zappi chance. I would, you know, that would, I think, piss you off hearing those chants. Does rage just fill your body when you hear the Zappi chants ring out? I think, you know, the fans are really passionate, and I love that about our fan base. Um, they want to win like we want to win, so um, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and my job is to go out there and, you know, be Mac and just be a really good player. So that's what I've always tried to do in any situation I'm in, and um, that's, that's all you can do, right? Just go out there and compete and try and help your team win and put them in a position to win. Uh, Mac, you and Ramondre, I know you came into the league together. You're the quarterback, leader of the team. What do you say to him to sort of not let him get too down for the way these last two games ended, or is that even on your radar? Oh, I mean, Mondre and I talk all the time, and I'm once again one of my close buddies, and he's just a competitor. He's never going to let one thing, you know, rattle him. He's just going to get up and, and keep playing. So I have all the respect in the world for him. Um, he's a fighter. He wants to be out there, wants to compete, loves football is a really just smart football player. So really happy to have him next to me and obviously our other backs, you know, Miss Damien out there, but the young guys are doing a great job. And, and we have a great room there. So really pleased with all those guys. I want to. I just want to ask respectfully, Mac, to all involved, but, you know, it's clear that as a quarterback, NFL quarterback, you only have so much time to prove yourself, that you're a guy, that you're a franchise guy. And I'm just wondering if you have personally felt any frustration this year that maybe, hey, the coaching staff hasn't put you in the best position to succeed. I think at the end of the day, it just goes back to trying to become a better football player. And you want to do that every year, whether you're a Pop Warner player, middle school, high school, college, NFL. You just want to become better. And I know at times it's been disappointing this year, but we've also done a lot of good things. And um, at this point in the season, we have a great opportunity in front of us to work, to go out there together and compete and try and win these last two games and, really just starts with this week against a really good Miami team. Have you had any conversations individually, Mac, with, with ownership this year or Robert Kraft specifically just about how the year's gone? I think, you know, Mr. Kraft does a great job. He's very involved in you know, our organization. He cares a lot. He's a great man, um, has a very good love for football, and we all respect him. And um, Obviously, those things are personal, and he's just a great owner that's always around, always supporting us, doing whatever he can to help us, so. We all love Mr. Kraft, and, um, you know, obviously he's done a great job 
building, you know, a great organization. All right, and Mac, before we let you go, you guys, uh, you're 0-3 against the Dolphins so far. What does their defense do well against you? How do you plan to attack them on Sunday? Yeah, I think when you look at them, they do a lot of similar things to our defense and um, have similar you know, people who have been here, whether that's coaches and players, and um, they have a great defensive line, really solid linebackers, really good DBs. Obviously, they're a little bit beat up back there in the secondary, but when you look at them, they play man-to-man, they play zone, they max splits. They do everything to disrupt the quarterback and try and stop the run. So they got the great, great players, got a great coach over there. Um, but obviously comes from New England, and we just got to be ready to go. So it's a great test, and um, it's going to come down to you know us executing. All right, we got to do the quarterback question of the week here for Mac. It's sponsored by Northeast Men's Health, where they specialize in taking care of men's sexual health. They have offices in Dedham near Legacy Place, Salem, New Hampshire, Marlboro, serving Metro West and now in Woburn. Learn more at northeastmenshealth.com. Uh, Mac, a lot of people want to know this. It's a burning question. Uh, did you get your girlfriend Taylor Swift tickets? Got to know. <laughs> Maybe. I guess we'll see, right? But she. Yeah, we, we should be able to make it to that. So, all right. <laughs> I mean, it's going to cost. I know, really, right? I mean, this Serious. is it's Christmas yesterday. Either you got him or you didn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right, that's right. I would imagine that cost probably about like half your rookie salary anyway. <laughs> no, it's all good. All right, <laughs> uh, Mac. Uh, listen, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the holidays and uh, thanks for the time. Merry today. Christmas, Mac. All right, see you guys. All right, that's Mac Jones joining us here on the uh, Harbor One Hotline. Um, interesting. Uh, some interesting answers there, and uh, you can tell he's been hearing it about that play on Eli Apple. We'll get to some of the uh, responses that he had and uh, your phone calls right after this. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The Patriots fell just short of a Christmas miracle on Saturday in their 22-18 loss to the Bengals, despite scoring 18 unanswered points in the second half. Ramondre Stevenson coughed up the ball in the final minute as the Patriots fell to 7-8 on the season. The Pats are still alive in the playoff picture. All they have to do is simply win out. The Celtics defeated the Bucks 139-118 yesterday. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 70 points. Boston totaled 29 assists and finally got the deep ball to fall again as they shot 48% from three. The Celtics will look to notch their third straight win tomorrow night as they host the Houston Rockets. The Bruins return to action tomorrow night as they head to Ottawa to take on the Senators. And in NFL news, the Denver Broncos have fired head coach Nathaniel Hackett after just 15 games. I'm Justin Turpin. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. WEI, WEI, New England Sports Original. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're right back to it. It's Arcand and Don Darrow on WEEI. WEEI. Jones. Back of the end zone. Touchdown. Kendrick Bourne. A big day for Bourne. Give a lot of credit to Bourne, who yes. somehow, as his body is contorting, got the second foot down yes. on a graze. And then to have the strength of hands as you're coming to the ground to survive the ground so the ball stays in your hands and you take advantage of the rule where it can touch the ground if you have possession. After review, the receiver was able to get both feet down in bounds and maintain control of the ball. Therefore, it is a catch. Why have the opportunities for him to be such a regular target in the offense been so few and far between this year? Uh, yeah, no particular reason. Sports Radio WEEI, it's Arkan, it's Mark Dondero here. Uh, we just talked to Mac Jones. He did answer the question about the Eli Apple play. Uh, you probably heard that one already. And he answered uh, your question, Mark, a uh, question and a follow-up, actually, about Kendrick Bourne, who you just heard a little montage of uh, Bourne, who for the first time in his career cracked 100 yards receiving. He caught a touchdown pass, which how often do you get to say that this year about anybody? <laughs> I know. <laughs> really? Listen, I, I caught I, a touchdown pass. is like a big deal to say. And, uh, and he was the most dynamic uh, Patriots pass catcher, probably player on the field. It really um, has been since arriving. And I just don't – I have no explanation as to why he hasn't been playing more. If I had an, excla- uh, an explanation or a theory, then maybe I wouldn't be as inquisitive about it. But I just don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, he's not exactly – I know he hasn't played a lot, but I also sort of wonder, like – People are talking about Kendrick Bourne today like he's somebody else. You know, like, I'm not, not that I want to talk bad about Kendrick Bourne because I do think he's a better player than uh, what the team has been putting him in position to contribute. But I also sort of think, like, he's Kendrick Bourne. Like, he had a pretty good year last year. I'd say it was probably the best year he's probably ever going to have. And uh, this year, a combination of things has sort of stunted him. But, like, a really great wide receiver, which is what people are talking about him like he is, can overcome that and still put up big numbers. Kendrick Bourne is, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel like that's that's getting a little ridiculous today. I do think Bourne should play more. I absolutely do. But I also think Patriots fans are a little delusional about what would have happened if he played more. Like, yeah, maybe he could have made a couple more catches or something. But, like, do you think this team would have won more games if Bourne was playing? I just, I don't know if I can get there. I don't know. I think the offense is too broken to just say, yeah, Bourne would have fixed it. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a simplistic way of yeah, looking at fair. it. I, yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, there have been times where it has been so tough to watch and so bad why would you not do anything that could remedy how bad it has been? That's right. that's all everybody's saying. 
And I'm with you. It's not like we're talking about uh, 2002 Terrell Owens. Um, it, it, maybe it's just a referendum on how bad things have been and how how many, you know, we're watching different playmakers not be playmakers. John U. Smith was supposed to be this playmaker. Not even close. Hunter Henry had a serviceable first year with the Patriots. Yep. Not anything, really, to speak of this year. Bourne is the only one, seemingly, when you factor in the Nelson Aguilars and stuff, that when he's given the chance, he's consistently produced. And he does it in a different way than Jacoby Myers. He's a little bit more explosive, a little bit more dynamic. So that's why I think that combination makes people pine for the the guy to be on the field more, especially when they're right there for a playoff spot. They don't need to go undefeated. They just need a little bit more production, and maybe they win another game and yeah. they're in a better position. Absolutely. Um, it seems like the coaching staff does not like Kendrick Bourne, and we know the reasons why. We think we do anyway. Uh, from the preseason, there was an equipment violation. He was oh, late for a meeting. Big equipment violation. Seems like Sitting that's down, a little bit of a harsh punishment for that, but whatever. You okay, get, you, you break a rule, pass. you break a rule. Yeah. That was that was in the summer. That was in August. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's in August. That should have no bearing on how the, on the snaps and him not getting snaps now. That's ridiculous. And I'll tell you what else. There's been, I think, a very real sense of a line in the sand in that locker room, and the coaches are on one side and the players are on the other, and the players have each other's backs for the most part, and they're wary of what this coaching staff is doing and why they're doing it. And I think patient zero, the main X factor there, is Kendrick Bourne. That's the guy who's getting his minutes cut the most. That's the guy who's probably been hurt by the tyranny of this coaching staff more than anybody, even more than Mac Jones, because at least Mac Jones is out there playing. Like, Kendrick Bourne is getting benched. He's been sitting there watching this offense, knowing he can contribute to it, and uh, being told, no, we're going to go with this guy, or we're going to go with this kind of set, or something. I don't know. I mean, you tell me why he's not playing. But I think that that's a major factor in all the tension and all the stuff that's been reported on in that locker room. I think Kendrick Bourne's the center of it. The, the, the fact that Matt Patricia even has a doghouse bothers me. But somebody needs to manage it better, okay? I don't know if that's – I mean, it's got to be Bill Belichick. Like, there's – I don't know why you would allow – if that's the case. I, I don't know what the – it's not a lack of production. And, and Bourne, to his credit, has seemingly – I know he's been – if you want to call him, he's been disruptive at a point where maybe it pissed off Matt Patricia. Mm. But he's been, for the most part, saying the right things – it's just when you don't have anybody else that's outstanding on offense, especially from a skill position perspective, not giving that guy more of an opportunity is mind-boggling, and it's such a trickle-down effect. You just mentioned the locker room stuff. We don't know. Maybe that is at the center of some of the dissension that may be in uh, within the locker room. Then there's the whole red zone atrocity. They're awful in the red zone. You know what helps red zone productivity? Weapons. Mm. Now, not that Kendrick Bourne is the biggest weapon out there, but he's one of the better ones you have, and we saw what happened in the red zone the other day when he was involved. They scored a yeah. touchdown yeah. in the red zone. You're absolutely so right. I mean, it's like Those factors combined with their record where they're near the playoffs, it's like one thing could help. And you know, Matt Patricia hasn't really given a lot of people a lot of reason to trust his judgment in those situations. We don't know what happened with the Malcolm Butler thing. I'm not going to go into that, but you know, maybe it's this like doghouse. This he's got an axe to grind that's keeping the Patriots back. I just can't believe it's lasted a whole season, and we're still talking about not having the guy. You know, Mac loves this guy. Put him out there. Yeah. Um... This is what the snap percentages are for the Patriots pass catchers, and this is updated on footballreference.com. Jacoby Myers, 63%. Devontae Parker, 53% in the games that he's played, obviously. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, 48%. Tyquan Thornton, 
47%. Jonu Smith, 46%. And then there's Kendrick Bourne at 40.8. That's the lowest out of all the pass catchers. The next closest is little Jordan Humphrey at 13%. That's the next wide receiver. Then you got Ty Montgomery and uh, Matthew Slater. <laughs> okay. And, and then you need, and Kendrick then you... Bourne's closer to uh, little Jordan Humphrey in terms of snaps. Than he is to uh, wait. Maybe that's not true. Actually, let me well, see. You would need to then go into my math's not how again. often he's getting the ball. <laughs> it's how not many far times off, they're though. throwing him the ball? Right. That's another thing. It's mm-hmm. just like, I'm watching it. And we we're not. You know, we know what we're seeing here. Again, not a. It's not like it was going to change their season, but after last year with his production and how they've played this year. It doesn't make any sense, and I've never gotten a good explanation. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to explain, and any explanation I feel like we're ever gonna get is gonna really piss everybody off. Once you get to well, Matt Patricia really didn't like that he did this, or he gets talked back to him in practice, something like that. You know, you remember that whole thing with um, uh, the tight end uh, Bennett and um, uh, the coach from Arkansas, and they almost got into a fight. Um, yeah, Bielma. Remember yeah. Bielma and yeah. uh, and uh, Martellus, Bennett. Martellus Bennett almost like came to blows, or maybe it was Michael Bennett or something. And then he benched him. He didn't play him, and then he like got rid of him. And that whole thing was like, well, wait a minute, what what are we doing here? We care more about Brett Bielma's feelings than we do about this pass rusher, or uh, you know, we care more about Matt Patricia in his doghouse than we do about the quarterback's favorite receiver to throw to. Like, what what the hell is the point of that? You know, what what really are you showing everybody? Oh, you're the guy in charge. We know you're in charge, Bill. Everyone knows you're in charge. Can you play the players who deserve to play at least? Is that is that asking too much? The, again, it, we talked about this the other day. It comes back to Bill Belichick. Blame him. That's what he told us to do, and that's what we're going to do. If that's because Matt Patricia didn't want the guy out there, I appreciate you having your coaches back. But at some point, you've got. I mean, the guy's productive. Mm-hmm. You can just tell. Forget about the stats. I hate stats, by the way. And I know we have to refer to them, but they're losers. Yeah. Just watch <laughs> the game. When the guy's out there, good things happen. That's what I see. More often than not, good things happen when he's out there. Put him out there. It's not that hard. And if there's some reason they're not putting him out there, Mac might know, I guess. I don't know. They, they, the coaches seem to know. But they're not getting it done offensively. And until they do, we're going to ask these questions and speculate about why they're not getting it done. Yeah, I'm the head coach. Yeah. Okay, thanks, thanks Bill. Uh, 617-779-7937. That is your phone number. Let's go to the phones, talk to Eddie, who's in Revere, and is mad at Bill Belichick. Go ahead, Eddie. Um, yeah, I might be a minority in this area because I've never been a fan of Belichick, and that includes when the dynasty was you know, in full swing. I think he's a very good coach. Great? No. I don't think he's the greatest of all time by far. I think he's a coach with a lot of wins. It's Who's the greatest of all time then, Eddie, just out of curiosity? I would go with Don Shula. I know it was a different era. Uh, See, I'd go with – if I was going to make this argument, Eddie, I'd go with Gibbs. I'd go with Gibbs because he won with three different quarterbacks. I think that's more impressive than winning them all with one guy. But that's the only argument I'd make. I wouldn't make Shula because I feel like he just uh, uh, stacked wins too, just like Bill's doing. Yeah, well, my second choice would be Gibbs. Uh, Look, Belichick was great, and he's probably still really good, better than most. But I think, think, you know, he told us himself, I don't want to be coaching when I'm 70. So maybe he doesn't want to be coaching, but he doesn't want to hang it up yet. I don't think his heart's in it. And everybody's on Patricia, um, and he deserves to be gotten on. And, and now, most recently, Mac Jones, which I just don't think is fair. Uh, but who who brings in the coaches? Who brings in the players? Not just Jones. It all comes back to Belichick. Yeah. And he hasn't been very, not even mediocre, he hasn't been very good 
for a long time. And I think Brady masked a lot of that. And I think a lot of those wins that Belichick's looking at are because of Brady doing things that a lot of other or maybe nobody else could do. Eddie, I think you're right about that. And I think that's a point that's been made by a lot of people. Okay, so so I, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll take it. And then I noted, but yeah. I disagree in terms of who's the greatest coach of all time. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. I agree, but if I was going to argue anybody else, I'd argue Gibbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. But that was a different time. It was, mm-hmm. There was no salary cap and free agency. Or maybe there was a salary cap. There was no free agency. I, I'm just saying Belichick, Just to, we're not going to go into that long, but I'm just saying the guy, the way he was able to sustain the success that the, that the Patriots had, and I don't care if Tom Brady was here. I know he was a big part, and I've always been. Go look at Twitter. More of it was Brady more so than Belichick. I was always on that mm-hmm. even before Brady left. Sure. But Belichick still was huge and helped sustain that greatness. He That's where he was at his best, and that's the problem now, Christian, because where he was at his best is not applicable anymore. Yeah. He was at his best when the team was awesome and he was able to keep them laser-focused one week at a time, manage the greatness, manage the egos, get rid of a guy too early opposed to too late, and keep the train rolling with the leader and the guy that ultimately was the, the centerpiece and figurehead of your culture, Brady. That's where he was great. This guy isn't that guy. They don't have greatness for him to manage anymore. That's why it looks the way it looks. Yeah, You know, the team building, he's okay. I mean, he did build the team, but it started with Parcells building a lot of that team. He added guys. The first iteration of it, sure. The first iteration was a lot of Parcells. He added Mm -hmm. guys that were key. Seymour, Brady, obviously. But what made Belichick the GOAT isn't applicable anymore. It was managing the greatness because if Brady was here with Steve Mariucci, they weren't wearing uh, winning six titles. Belichick managed that greatness. He is the GOAT. You cannot take that away from him or else you're going to start talking about, wow, you know, Phil Jackson, what, what would he have done without Michael and Kobe and Shaq? I ask that question to Phil no. Jackson all the time. <laughs> well, just, no, he, just, but he, he wouldn't have been good. I mean, but, maybe I mean, not. I mean, he coached the Knicks. He wasn't good. Him. You He's, can't hold it against him. That's true. But you can question it. You can question, you can question how great he really was and how much it was, you know, Shaq and Kobe and Jordan and Pippen. Like, you can do that with Phil Jackson. You can do it with Bill Belichick. It's fair to do it. And you can make the argument that, no, Tom Brady wouldn't have won as many championships without Bill. And I think I think that's an argument that can be made, too. And there's no better example of that than the 2018 playoff run. That uh, Chiefs game, Brady at the end of that game, no other quarterback in the world could have done that. And then in the Super Bowl... Brady couldn't do anything, and the defense and what they drew up to stop Jared Goff was all Bill, and I think that that's right there. That's the greatest example of how the two of them used each other and played off each other. But that doesn't mean that you can't also say, well, if it wasn't for this, this guy wouldn't have been as good. I think that you can say that more about Bill for Brady than you can about Brady for Bill. And the only reason I say that is because Brady took Bruce Arians and made him a champion, too. And that's, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, you know, Bill's not making a champion out of Cam Newton. He didn't make a champion out of Bernie Kosar. He's not making a champion out of Mac Jones this year. He and he may never do that. Could he so. make a champion out of Justin Herbert? Um, if, he, I, if he went there, I think he could have. Yeah, I think sure. He could have I think he I, could, I, I, well, maybe not because I don't know if he likes quarterbacks like that. I don't know if he likes big, likes you know, like, like good quarterbacks. Yes, good quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm not sure he likes good quarterbacks. Uh, guys that you have to pay a lot of money to. Guys that know they're good and guys that want to run their own offense and do everything their own way. I don't think Bill's into that. Bill's like ed, likes empty headed sort of <laughs> quarterbacks who just does great. whatever he wants <laughs> and just will do whatever he says. Why do you think he waited till July to sign Cam Newton? No, you're not. You wrong. Know? It's just I hate hearing you say it. Don't say that to me. I think that's what he prefers. It's just, this is why I've been saying this this whole time. Even before we've gotten to this point where they're on the precipice of the playoffs and missing the playoffs and the disastrous offense. 
it's just not the same because this bill isn't that the in bill we trust guy mm. that the in bill we trust was when hey they're a great team and they get rid of Jamie Collins in the middle of the season and nobody knows why or understands why that's the in bill we trust when they get it all rolling and weapons and Brady and the culture set this team has no culture Mac is the one that's trying to create the culture we didn't even get to ask all the questions I wanted to ask but you know he's the guy this is probably the worst most adversity he's ever faced. You know, he's dealing with new stuff. Yeah. It's stuff Belichick hasn't dealt with in a long time in terms of the quarterback. So it's just a big, it's not the same coach you remember in the GOAT. If you could uh, start a wide receiving group and you had your pick of Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, Parker, and Aguilar, who are you picking first? Are you crazy? Bourne's the only one that's been. Bourne's the only one, right? It's obvious, isn't it? I'd say maybe Thornton because he's young, you know, like if you're starting a team and you're you just like, You just said to me he's on his way to being one of the typical Bill Belichick receivers. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, I wouldn't pick Thornton. I was just saying that's maybe a reason why someone would. Yeah, you could. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, no. Uh, Parker's hurt too much, but I think he's showed some promise this year. But it's Kendrick Bourne by a mile. And if you put Jacoby Myers in the mix, then maybe Myers uh, is the main guy. But out of those four... Out of those four, it's Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne should be the number two on this team at the very least. Great minds think alike. There you go. Thank you very much, Bill. All right, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, one thing that happened today, or not today, but on that game, that was really great. And that is the continued emergence of Marcus Jones as one of the most exciting players in the NFL. We'll get to that next. W-E-E-I. I love E-E-I, man. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. It's Arcan and Don Darrow on WEEI. Burrow off his back foot. It's intercepted. Down the sideline. Marcus Jones has got speed. Still going all the way. Touchdown, Patriots. Did they ever need that? They sure did. They sure did, Ian Eagle. It's Christian Arkan. It's uh, Mark Dundero here. Sports Radio, W-E-E-I. And while that game was one giant crap sandwich, it was one small little... As often there has been over the past couple games anyway, uh, one uh, silver lining, and that silver lining comes in the form once again of Marcus Jones, who uh, has scored a touchdown offensively, scored a touchdown as a punt returner, and now uh, pick six on a electrifying play. Every single time this guy touches the ball, he's just uh, he really like I remember Dante Hall. Oh yeah, the, the kick stick. returner for the yeah. Chiefs. Oh, he was so awesome. Just every time he had the ball, you watched him and you couldn't look away. Yeah, Marcus could, Jones has that. He too. couldn't play other positions. Right? No, he was, like uh, he was a wide receiver, but mostly yeah. he just did return. He wasn't a guy in the secondary. Uh, Marcus Jones is that. He's Deion Sanders. He's a lot of different things, all sort of wrapped into one. And man, is he fun to watch? I'll, I'll tell you, this season has been pretty lousy, all all in all. And uh, the way it's sort of going right now, losing four of their last five down the stretch here, very similar to last year in the way. That season ended. It's been bad. But one thing I'm hanging my hat on and one guy that I'm certainly welcoming back with open arms next year, and there's not a lot of other guys on this list, is Marcus Jones. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. Um, I mean, dude, Deion Sanders never had a touchdown on offense, defense, in special teams in one season. He did it in his career. He's the only other guy, I think, in his career to do that. This guy did it in one season. Okay, he, he's been 
I mean, this is the pros. He's been almost more dynamic, arguably, than Charles Woodson won, was when he won the Heisman at Michigan. I mean, the pro. look, awesome story, Marcus Jones. The problem is, and I don't want to be negative about him because I love the kid's talent, mm-hmm. he can only go so far at 5'8". That only takes you so far. Like, sure, he he's a he competes. His I'll tell you what, off. he was getting burned in the first half of that game. Yeah, like, he's guarding a guy. He comes up. Uh, he comes up to T. Higgins' waist. Right. <laughs> he's trying like, to guard him in the on the sideline. No he's a good yeah. cover guy. Yeah, and obviously he can make plays. He's always going to be a threat with the with the kick returns and the punt returns. And you know, you put him on offense, you find ways to use him. I'm glad they're doing that. I I just think defensively. Overall, you can only do so much at that size. Maybe, but you can. Uh, Darren Sproles played how many years? Like That's he right. was five five, and he played. You know, he's a running back, a little bit different. But uh, you can, you'll find a role for this guy. You will find a role. You'll this find a role awesome. for him somewhere doing something, awesome. no matter what. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. That's the phone number. Um, I don't really buy jerseys anymore. If I was going to buy any jersey this year, I'd buy a Marcus Jones jersey. But you know what? Though, see, but the, this is the thing, though. And I, again, guy's awesome. Can't mm-hmm. wait to see how he progresses. But the Patriots, they need more. Like, that's a nice weapon, but they need, like, studs. They need a stud. Yeah. Not that this guy's not a stud in his own right, but they need, you know, the guy that could take over seasons for you. You know, Gronk. Sure. That's what they need. Yeah, this guy's a nice piece, though. And uh, someone that I'd keep along with him, Judon Stevenson, although I'm starting to lose my faith in him. And uh, well, you got to keep your faith in him. That guy's a stud, too. Yeah, he is, except at the end of the game when he loses his mind two yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, let's go to Kyle, who's in New Hampshire, who has something to say about the officiating. Go ahead, Kyle. Hey, how's it going, guys? I just uh, wanted to say, you know, after the Raiders game and after this last game, it seems like the NFL officiating uh, needs a brand-new reboot. And uh, I'm just sick and tired of having the NFL, you know, these last postseason, you know, up to postseason games be determined by uh, – Kyle, what were you mad about in this, what were you mad about on Saturday? Uh, well, the fact that a fumble was called, even though forward progress was stopped, mm-hmm. um, even, you know, they're holding him up. And then, uh, you know, last week with the Raiders where the guy's clearly out of bounds by right. the time he has possession of the football. I mean, this, this team's not as bad as everybody's saying that they are. I, you know, you, you can't do anything when the, uh, the refs are, uh, trying to make that extra cash by, uh, okay. Thanks for the call, Kyle. I don't think the refs are trying to make any extra cash here. By screwing over Mac Jones and the Patriots, I just don't think that's what's happening. Um, I think you have a better argument last week than you do this week. I didn't think that was forward progress. He was still moving his legs. He wasn't going forward, but a lot of times the refs will let a guy, if he's still moving, they'll let him try and bounce off and, and cut it to the outside or do any number of things, whatever. And they the said in the not po- officiated by robots. No, it's not. And I do think uh, in the pool report, they explained it pretty well. They said when the defense defensive player has control of the running back, and he's under the control and the legs aren't moving anymore, that's when the play is dead. If the legs are still moving and it looks like he can get out of it, then we'll give him the benefit, and that's what they usually do. Um, It's not like Stevenson stopped running and gave himself up, and then they knocked the ball out, and they said, well, wait, where's the forward progress? He was still going. He's got to protect that ball. That's his fault. It's not the ref's fault. Yeah. Um, Real quick, a texter making a point at me that I guess I have to acknowledge. Barry Sanders was 5'8". True, and he retired. But, he retired but I guess, early. But yeah. way, I guess what I was thinking of <laughs> is his primary position isn't running back; it's right. defensive back. And when you you give up size at that position, it hurts more than if you're a running back. Maybe they move him around. I don't know. Um, but yeah, going back to that, I, I don't disagree with the call or non-call. I think that they should have allowed. I think they handled it exactly the way it should have been handled. I understand why it came up and why somebody might bring it up. Like that could have been 
forward progress was stopped, but it was it didn't feel the same. Like he wasn't wrapped up in any way. It just yeah. was he he was kind of bounced back. And then he, it looked like his feet, I think it said that in the pool report, his feet were still free enough where he could have done something, and that's when the the guy came in, yeah. Bell, and knocked it out. Not calling forward progress may have been a mistake for a second or two, but he, that didn't cause him to fumble, all right? He fumbled because he wasn't taking care of the ball, and the guy came in and made a good play. That play last week, very different. That play last week where the kid, clearly his foot was out of bounds and his toe was on the line, that's one you have a real beef with. This one, I don't think so at all. I think that was just another uh, bad play by Ramondre Stevenson. At the end of a game, in a very uh, clutch situation, he came up small again, and that's too bad because he's a good player. Uh, 617-779-7937, that is the phone number. Let's uh, take a quick break here. Should we do one more call? Let's do one more call before uh, the top of the hour. Travis is in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Travis. Hey, what's up, guys? What do you say? What's up, Travis? No disrespect to the last call or anything like that, but my, how the mighty have fallen. And I mean that with all disrespect. You have the number one defense in the NFL who is literally almost tied for touchdowns with your starting quarterback. Your defense should be so – they're the perfect yin-yang of the NFL. You have the perfect defense and the worst offense. Look at the numbers, dude. Nothing is good on that offense. It's disgusting to watch. And if I was on that defense, I'd be so pissed because you have such a promising, destructive defense, and your offense is the complete and utter opposite. What have they done that's good? Zero. Uh, Travis, you're right, well, and I'll tell you what else. I think the reason why it is that way and why the defense doesn't blow up at the offense is because there's leaders on the defense, and I'm not sure what the leaders on the offense are. Yeah, uh, number one, I don't think that this – I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I don't think the defense is as good as the offense is bad. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I think the defense I, yes. is good. I'd say it's close, but yeah. But the offense has been, like, historically bad. This defense isn't historically good. They're good. And I'm also thinking of games like Minnesota. I'm thinking of games like Baltimore. The defense wasn't exactly awesome in those games when you actually got a little something out of your offense, especially in Minnesota. So, and I know there were special teams involved in that, and there's been some bad special teams plays, too. The defense has been good. They've been better. They've scored. Uh, I don't think they've been so good where it's like, you know, they're getting mad like the Broncos at Russell Wilson or something like that. They've been much better, but... And I should give Steve Belichick some credit, too. They could, you know, these big defense Yeah, or Gerard good. Mayo, who's probably going to go to Denver Yeah, now. but here's the thing about <laughs> they that. They need a coach. Is that, so you've got Gerard Mayo on a list for Denver Broncos potential replacements for head coach. Mm-hmm. Do you want to bring in that kind of defensive guy with no head coaching experience to write Russell Wilson? Uh, I don't know. Like, I think, I'd, I'd re- I think at this point you'd rather have an offensive guy there, I think. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I would want. That's what Hackett was, though. <laughs> six, I guess. I know. But maybe that guy just sucked. Yeah, maybe. 779-7937. That's the phone number. We're going to take a quick break here. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll uh, get to your phone calls and your reactions. And uh, also, this Ramondre Stevenson situation is a uh, is a tough one that we have to uh, that we have to address because this is now two straight games of this, and uh, it's been it's been devastating for this team. That's all coming up next. Coming Monday, January 2nd to Fenway. It's hockey on the league's biggest stage with Boston versus Pittsburgh. We'll get you ready from 10 a.m. until face-off at 2 p.m. with the WEEI Classic Broadcast at Timeout Market. Stop by Timeout Market and join host Andy Gresh along with Andrew Razor Raycroft and Mike Milbury bringing the heat. And, of course, the best collection of food and drink under one roof in Boston with Timeout Market's 12 restaurants and two bars. The WEEI Classic Broadcast at Timeout Mount Market. It's going to be classic on Boston Sports Original WEEI. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.